It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, August 11th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Nine years since he last occupied the superintendent's office of the Sitka School District, Steve Bradshaw is back and eager to challenge what he considers the state's failure to adequately support education. Bradshaw signed a one-year contract with the Sitka School Board to serve as interim superintendent, while the board searches for a full-time replacement for Frank Hauser, who left in July to take over Juno's school system. At his first regular board meeting on Wednesday, Bradshaw didn't pull any punches and said there was nothing to prevent him from being an outspoken advocate for increasing the amount of money the state spends on schools, sometimes referred to as the foundation formula. Most of the superintendents I worked with when I was here before are gone. A lot of the superintendents have to worry about the political arena and keeping their job, I think. I don't have to worry about that. And so as a board, If you need to rein me in sometimes when I say some things, feel free to rein me in or at least attempt to rein me in because I'm, I'm, as people will tell you that have, I've worked with, I'm pretty passionate about public education. And I do not believe that not increasing, or I believe that not increasing the foundation formula is killing school districts in this state. We have got to continue first politely ask for an increase, and if politeness doesn't do it, then we're going to have to start pounding on doors. And I know our representative, and I know Mr. Stedman, I I believe they will help us get there, but this school board, it's critical as a board that you speak out. Bradshaw served as the superintendent of schools in Sitka for 13 years, beginning in 2001. He returned to Montana, where he began his career in education for a final six years as superintendent there before retiring. His one-year return engagement in Sitka has been generally well-received by staff. However, the climate on the board has changed. 20 years ago, the Sitka School Board had a tradition of long-serving members and relatively low turnover. The current board has two appointees, only one of whom has filed for a full term in the upcoming municipal election in October. Barring a successful write-in campaign, the school board will have to appoint two additional members after the election. Bradshaw says that to build a strong program in schools, consistency on the board is critical. So I encourage members of the community that haven't run for the board before to consider running for the school board, but consider it as a five to ten year type of term. Because to be on there for a couple of years doesn't, it's not always the best thing. We'll take whatever people are willing to give and volunteer because this is not an easy job. Being on a school board, you pay me to have people yell at me, okay? I can handle that. But you don't get paid for that. And when you have to go through tough times, it's not easy. And then when you go to the grocery store and somebody else beats up on you, it makes it even more difficult. But it's critical to have a consistent board that's just as passionate about education as any employee or any community member that we have. Bradshaw told the board that the district administration was working full speed to prepare to open the doors to students later this month. The first day for teachers is August 15th. The first day for students is August 22nd. Bradshaw said his top priority in the coming year would be working on the budget. 
A former exchange student is preparing for a career in international relations after learning firsthand about colonialism during her year in Alaska. Tessa Schindler studied at Sitka High School in 2015 and 2016. She's since returned to her home in Germany to earn a bachelor's degree in international relations and is now studying for a master's in peace research. She visited Sitka this summer to reconnect with the community and with her host family. She stopped by KCAW and Spoke with Robert Woolsey about how her year in Sitka influenced her choice of careers. Tell me about your year in Sitka. I think it was the best year of my life, to be honest. I had a great host family. I'm still very much in contact with them. I'm staying with them right now. I consider my host dad my father, basically my second father. I have two very great sisters here, who I'm spending the whole summer with. We have gone hiking a lot, and yeah, my year in Sitka. It was very much shaped by Sitka High School because that was what I did most of the day.、Um, I feel like I really appreciated the school system here because you have a lot more choices. In Germany, you get assigned classes and you can't say yes or no. And here, I was able to take a lot more art classes. I was in the choir. I was able to take more history classes, which I was interested in. And then I did a lot of sports. So I did volleyball. I did cheer. I did track and field. And that really gave me a community where I made a lot of friends and got to travel the state a bit for all the competitions. So that was really fun. You also got something more. You were able to sort of take the experience from Sitka and go back to Germany and use it to kind of propel you into your course of studies and sort of your thoughts of career. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So as I've mentioned, I got a political scholarship, and part of it was that we also met up in Washington D.C. and we met some diplomats there, and that's when I realized, like, oh, I not only enjoy talking about politics, maybe this is something I could do、uh, in a, as a career. And then I looked into study programs more because I had two more years of high school in Germany, so I had some time to decide. And then I ended up studying international relations for my bachelor's. And now I'm doing my master's in peace research and international relations, and I've actually written a seminar paper on Sitka, on the conflict that happened here many years ago, and it has very much shaped me. And I always tell people, well, not it's not the first thing I tell people, but somehow it comes up that I've lived in Alaska, and it's always people bombard me with questions and want to know more about it. And in general, I think with the last president, the world has become quite interested in the U.S. And I felt like I was kind of like a cultural ambassador for both countries. So when I was here, or when I am here in the U.S., people ask me a lot of questions about Germany. And then when I'm in Germany, people consider me like the spokesperson for the U.S. And I try my best to explain what's happening. Since you wrote a thesis about it, I want to touch on the conflict in、mm-hmm. Sitka because I'm sure a lot of people listening know that Sitka is a very historical place.、Mm-hmm. We have we have a national park, after all, that was. Built to commemorate this conflict, this last battle between a colonial power、mm-hmm. and indigenous people of North America. Do you use what happened in Sitka to kind of inform the way you approach other conflict in the world? Yeah, I think especially with settler colonialism, it can be quite tricky, and I think all conflicts can be very hard to solve. But settler colonialism, especially, is. Something where I struggle with thinking about it because I can understand that by now it's home for both sides, but there is so much injustice and unfairness, and it's really hard 
to wrap your head around it and to find a solution for everyone. But basically in my paper we were talking, or I was talking about uh, the need for apologies and the importance of apologies and recognizing what was happening and how racism persisted to today. And I think especially now with like the death of the queen last year, we were having a whole new debate, especially in Canada, with reparations and apologies, residential schools. So when I heard and read a lot about Canada, I immediately went back to Sitka in my mind. I was like, yeah, residential schools were also here and a big issue and the trauma consists persists to today. And yeah, so my mind goes back to it quite a lot. Yeah. What about after your master's degree? Mm-hmm. What then? I could see myself because I'm still young and I don't have a family or anything yet myself. So I could see myself moving abroad and maybe going to a region of conflict to do some field work and work on the ground. But then eventually I think I would want to work for an NGO or a nonprofit, maybe in Germany, maybe somewhere else. And uh, yeah, try to analyze conflicts there and maybe mediation could also be something I could get into. Um, I'm very, very glad to hear that. Thank you. And uh, I'm glad that Sitka played a role in uh, helping propel you in this direction. Oh, yeah. I'm very glad I made the choice to come here and that it ended up being Sitka of all places. Tessa Schindler is studying for her master's degree in peace research and international relations in Germany. Schindler was an AFS exchange student in Sitka during the 2015-16 school year. Southeast is expected to have its first big storm of the season over the weekend, with potential gale force winds and two to three inches of rain. Caleb Cravens is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Juneau. He says it's a shift from the dry weather the region has seen for much of last month. We're monitoring this strong storm that's going to be moving into the Gulf of Alaska, and it's going to be bringing a weather front through the panhandle, bringing moderate to heavy precip, as well as some windy conditions. So it's kind of a big change from what we've been seeing. The National Weather Service expects the heaviest rainfall Saturday afternoon and evening, with rain letting up a bit in the southern and central panhandle by Sunday. Cravens says it's likely most areas will see more than two inches of rainfall, with some areas potentially over three inches within a 48-hour period. That sounds like a lot of rain, but with everyone being so dry, the ground, you know, it's resilient. We are a rainforest. It's going to soak up a lot of that moisture, and it's going to be able to handle quite a bit of precip. So there isn't a huge concern at this moment for any impacts with the amount of rainfall that we're going to be seeing. Cravens says the storm isn't a cause for major concern, but because it's been a while since Southeast has had a big fall squall, the Weather Service wants people to be aware of the incoming low-pressure system early. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.